I've been working out now over 18 years. And in high school, I played softball. Sports and athletics have always been a part of my life. But when I first went to the gym, I was super nervous. I had anxiety. I was like, are people watching me? The more I kept going back and the more I saw my body change, the more I saw that I felt more confident in who I was and my clothes fit me better. It helped me to kind of find my path in life. And once I found that, I was like, I want, I want to do this. Like it was always like an interest to me to help other people find that too. From the Pritikin Longevity Center in Miami, Florida, welcome to the Healthier Everyday Podcast, where we talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, the food you eat, and putting it all together to create an amazing lifestyle. In this episode, Ashley Pittman, one of Pritikin's exercise physiologists, talks about how to be successful in the gym and why it's important to not look at the gym as a physical activity, but approaching it in more of a holistic way. She also talks about the reasons it's important to stretch and why we should all be doing it on a regular basis. So enjoy today's episode and don't forget to like and subscribe. What exactly is an exercise physiologist? Because the term I always hear is like personal trainer, fitness instructor. Right. Where, how, why do you call yourself an exercise physiologist? Um, so an exercise physiologist has a degree in exercise, believe it or not. So we have like taken many classes on the anatomy and physiology of the body. I mean, neurophysiology, chemistry, everything within the medical realm. Um, you know, a lot of things in the medical realm, we have taken those classes. So, you know, we understand how the body works um, at a cellular level. And it's not just like a trainer in gym that's going to come up to you and, you know, tell you to stand on a, a medicine ball and do like a dance or something. You know, I've heard crazy stories of people like getting injured because they're, they're being told to do things they're not supposed to do. And so we know, we're aware if someone has an injury, if someone is, you know, not supposed to be doing something, you know, we're trained to be able to help those kind of people as well. So, you know, not to down trainers or anything like that, because we are trainers too. Um, but like myself, I have a clinical exercise physiologist certification um, through the American College of Sports Medicine. And it took me a long time to get that, you know, because um, it's, it's not easy. I actually failed the test the first time I took it. And most people do if you look it up because, you know, there has to be a certain standard of care for people and a credibility, um, especially in medical uh, arenas such as Pritikin. Um, so the long answer to the short question was, you know, we have lots and lots of training and then, you know, we have to get the experience to be able to understand different people, you know, people with MS, people that have diabetes, people that have heart diseases, like, a lot of different conditions and being able to switch gears to help people is really, you know, it's, it's what we do. It's what we're supposed to be doing as exercise physiologists. And then the, the fitness trainer is just a little bit more surface level, whereas the exercise physiologist goes a little bit deeper into the individual. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Hmm. Yeah. So what are the, some of the ways that you switch up a plan for somebody that like, can you give some specific examples of Sure. I mean, it really depends on, again, um, when people come here, we get their intake, so we, they get an exercise tolerance test, and um, we assess, you know, their fitness level through that test. Um, it's just an inclined treadmill test, and they walk on there while we assess their blood pressure and their EKG while they're exercising. A lot of doctors will do that routinely. Uh, we get that information, and once we get that information, we know, um, you know, what their heart looks like and really what they're capable of, you know, cardiovascularly and endurance-wise. Um, and then as far as like their training program, we look at, you know, um, a 
a fitness assessment. We do a little fitness assessment with people when they come and we look at how they hold their body, um, how they walk, their gait. Um, we do different assessments to assess their posture and different things. And then from there, we're able to appropriately start the conversation of what do you want to do? Like, what are you interested in? Like, what are your goals? And then we can go from there, um, building a program for someone. So for example, like if somebody had a shoulder rotator cuff injury, you know, we're going to try to protect that shoulder at all costs. We're not going to make the person do things that are going to be detrimental to that area of their body. We can do physical therapy exercises for them um, for that and then train them harder in the areas that they're stronger in. Yeah, that's a huge misconception, I think, with people when they, you know, are looking for a wellness retreat. I don't think people realize yeah. how in-depth it really is when they when they talk to some people in the gym about, you yeah. know, just the level of... of uh, investigation that goes into a person's history, a person's current abilities. Yeah. Uh, and then before they even work out, before they even begin yeah. to exercise. Right. And like what their goals are too, you know, I mean, trainers, I'm sure there's some trainers, I know there are trainers that are great too, and they don't have the training that we have as exercise physiologists. But, you know, it kind of like just takes it to that next level because you have the internet now, right? You can learn it pretty much anything on there. You know, yes, we had to pass the test. Yes, we were held to a higher standard. But, you know, um, I think at Pritikin and especially Pritikin, like they really take it to that, that detail of that you're safe here, you know, um, and you add the food component and then people's lives are changed. Like even just this week, I'm talking to people and they're just their whole life was changed for the better, you know, and so it feels really cool to work here and to be part of that process for people you know mm -hmm. it makes it makes your job like this is why i do what i do mm -hmm. you know people do come to pritikin with some big changes that they not necessarily want to make right they sometimes they need to make for me it's about stress reduction when right. i exercise it's about right. relieving stress right but some people need to exercise to to maintain their health like in in you know more serious ways. Talk to me a little bit about how you kind of approach different uh, different guests in, in terms of that. Well, I think, you know, you know, you're talking about people that need to manage it for health, but you kind of do too, right? I mean, if it's stress management, that's part of it. And that's why exercise is medicine. It's so powerful because, you know, it can treat people at different stages of their life. You know, you can have the person who's kind of like our lifestyle guest who doesn't do the exercise test or whatever, and they're just here to lose a couple pounds, they don't have blood pressure issues or anything like that, you know, they need it as a medicine maybe for their anxiety or their stress level or their focus or, you know, just that small weight loss to like the other end of the spectrum where you have someone who's not exercised in 10 or 20 years, who has been eating poorly or, you know, just not paying attention to their health. And, you know, it's still a medicine for them too. They just gotten themselves further away from you know, um, taking care of themselves. And, you know, I always, when I see our guests come here, because you, you can go out in life and you can go, you know, to most places and you see people, a lot of people, especially in America, are very overweight and they don't take care of themselves. And you know they're suffering with metabolic disease and different things. And then you see the people that come here and you're like, I feel so touched when people come here because, and they're allowing us to be part of their journey. They're letting us into their journey and they're, you know, humbling themselves enough to come here. So it, most people don't want to make that change or take the initial first step of like, I need help. You know, people may not be alcoholics, but some people have food addiction 
because it's legal and you can get it anywhere and they're numbing themselves with food and they're not exercising though those two and it's it's really detrimental so you know when they come here you know it's it's a big step but you see people change over the time that they've been here and they're countenance changes and their their blood you know sugar and their blood pressure and everything all the numbers come down i had a guy tell me his cholesterol went down like 100 points in like two weeks and people are surprised and i'm always like yeah and they're like why aren't you surprised i'm like because this is what it does like this is what eating healthy and exercising does you know and you just want to like share that information with everyone but they have to make that decision on their own to come here um so how to address you know, the different spectrum of people that come here. I think just having that conversation like I'm having with you, you know, when the guests come, we do fitness consultations in the gym. You know, I'm talking about the fitness um, area. And we talk to people and just get to know them. And like part of what I like to do is I like to make them feel comfortable um, and confident in the gym so that when they go home, they can go to a fitness center and they can hop on a machine and they can just work out and not feel like they don't know what they're doing. Like if they leave here and they don't feel confident to do that, like I feel like I didn't do my job properly, you know? Um, Cause you know, I've been working out now over 18 years and in high school I played softball. I was a varsity softball pitcher. So I've always, sports and athletics have always been a part of my life. Um, but when I first went to the gym, I was super nervous. I had anxiety. I was like, are people watching me? Like I didn't know what to do, you know? And I was young, but it's like, the more I kept going back and the more I saw my body change, the more I saw that I felt more confident in who I was and my clothes fit me better. Thank God I didn't have any health issues at the time, but it helped me to kind of like just find my path in life. And once I found that, I was like, I want, I want to do this. Like it was always like an interest to me to help other people find that too, you know? So um, I think finding your center also, you know, that's why also Pritikin is, you know, so valuable is because we have the psychologists, we have, you know, the fitness center, we have the dietetics, like everything involved. It's, it's holistic, you know, and it, it gets you from every single area and like knowing who you are and what you want and like writing down an action plan of like, this is the person that I want to be. And don't deviate from that. Like people say, oh, well, you can relax, right? And, and sometimes you can have this, but it's like, how worth it is it to you? You know, like, is this what you want or is this not what you want, you know? And the majority of society just goes along with what everyone else is doing. And unfortunately, that is leading to ill health, <laughs> you know. So if you kind of like break away from that and just take that initial step, you know, and come to places like Pritikin and get your health on track, like you're going to just transform your life. Here at the Pritikin Center, it's like rainbows and unicorns. All you got to do is show up and everything is planned and prepared for you. But when you get home, get ready for those lions and tigers and bears. Whether you're racing out the door to work and skipping breakfast or glued to the Zoom call and no time for lunch, or maybe you're in retirement and every day is a holiday. The solution, you need a plan. My name is Kara. I've been a registered dietitian for over 20 years and I've helped thousands of clients create sustainable plans that stick. At the Pritikin Center, we offer a one-to-one -one remote nutrition coaching program with me. Together, we will create a customized plan that addresses your lifestyle, your health markers, and any of those derailers that lead you astray. Support and accountability can be the difference between finding success and constantly chasing after it. Sign up today for more information about Pritikin at Home Concierge Nutrition Program. The lines between 
fitness and behavioral and food, they're right. like, we want to draw lines and say, you know, put them in different boxes, but they're so intertwined. Right. Because it's it stems from how you function as a whole. Like we're a living being, we're a created being, right? So like if you look at plants in nature, like there are certain plants that need more sunlight or need more water. You know, it may sound kind of like hippie-ish or whatever, but we need an adequate amount of everything. We need hydration, we need nutrition, we need movement, like we we need things in order to live and to thrive. And so when you see people that are suffering with sickness and disease, like they're not taking care of themselves properly in all those avenues. So they start to shrivel and disease sets in and decay starts setting in. So, you know, you can have people and there's people that come here that are like in their 80s and it's like, They've been coming to Pritikin or not, but it's like they're taking care of themselves and you see how they're aging differently than people that are not. So, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. It's not like, you know, it's a it's a secret or whatever, but like if you can maintain that lifestyle throughout your life, are we all going to die? Yes. But how we live our life like really matters, whether or not we're going to spend money on medical bills, whether or not we're going to be uncomfortable or bedridden, God forbid, you know, so um it's, it is important to focus on that. I don't know if that's what you asked me, but. Well, there's uh, the, the concept that really struck me was in one of the behavioral lectures where they were talking about yeah. the, just the concept of a gym. Like yeah. go, you're going somewhere and you're picking yeah. up heavy objects. Like you're right. not producing anything. You're not right. building anything. You're right. just going. And we didn't need, <clears throat> humans didn't need gyms 100 years ago. Right. You know, this is a modern right. thing because. You don't need to to produce something in society. You can sit at a desk and right. and you know talk to somebody on the entire other end of the globe. Yeah, at your desk. Right. It's a modern problem, and it's not getting any better. You have to really get aligned with with yeah. the with the with how you approach fitness, the mindset you have totally. to approach fitness in order to to do this because it's it's a huge challenge. Yeah. People say, oh. You know, laziness is a problem, but I wouldn't call it lazy. I would just call it, you know, just you're you're you're, you're approaching a problem that right. has never been faced in the history of humanity. Technology is a great thing, and I think it can be very helpful. I mean, you can look up exercise workouts on YouTube for free. You know, like you can mm -hmm. it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. A lot of kids and people growing up now are into video games and mm -hmm. you know it's just like consumes their life and they're not moving and stuff so you know the problem of being sedentary is not going to go away as you mentioned earlier like people in a long time ago had to like forage for food or they had to like have a garden or like manage you know livestock or whatever to be able to have food and now everything is coming to us just so easily mm -hmm. you know and we take that for granted and people are more bored anxious and depressed than they've ever been. And I know that's more of like the psychologist's department or whatever, but again, it all ties in because if you're moving more, if you're exercising more, you're going to have serotonin, you're going to have all those happy chemicals in your brain happening for you. And it's going to help you and motivate you to want to keep doing it. I've talked to so many people that are like, I'm like, how do you feel early on in the week? And they're like, tired. And at the end of the week, I'm like, how do you feel? They're like, you know, I'm feeling better, you know? And so I see how like, if you don't give up, like you will change, like something in it, you will click and it will change. And then at that point, you have to surround yourself with people with like-minded goals, because if you don't, you're going to set yourself up for failure. You know, if your friends like are just 
watching movies all day or like binge watching shows and like not making time for exercise or physical activity, like you're probably going to be doing the same thing. So just because the world is getting more and more technological doesn't mean that, you know, we have to be so like techie, you know, like we can be in nature and get away from that. But you have to have a plan because if you don't, you're just going to go along with the rest of what everyone else is doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it matters. Like it's very important to, you know, um, have like a schedule for yourself. And like I said, write down the person that you want to be if you want to be, um, more um on time or like more like just reliable or more you know fit or eat better or just anything you know be a nicer person or you know but it goes down to like the subconscious level um you know and i i think a lot about like just everything we're putting into our bodies from music to movies to um you know influences it affects our physiology so the way that our cells resonate, the way that we function as a whole, does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. it's either creating life or creating death inside of us little by little. So it's like if you heard someone, you know, telling you all day long, like you're the worst, you're the worst, you're the worst, you're the worst. How long is it going to take you until you feel like you are the worst, right? And it's going to bring you down. It's going to, and then you're probably, if people think they're the worst, they're probably more apt to drink alcohol or they're probably going to think, you know, Ill, bad thoughts, you know? And it decreases your vibration. I guess mm-hmm. people understand it that way. And that's kind of like a new age way of thinking about it. But again, we are a living organism. We are alive. Like we want life. I have a lot of people ask me, should I exercise if I'm tired? Like, should I? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you're tired, you should rest. Mm-hmm. Should you use it as an excuse? You know, I have people tell me too, like, oh, if there's an easy way out, I will take that one, you know? So you got to have to know yourself and be disciplined, but there's a time to rest and there's a time to exercise. If you're really exhausted, you worked all day, maybe you worked a 12-hour day or something or been traveling or whatever, and you're like, I really want to exercise, but I'm so tired. Go to bed early, wake up in the morning and do your workout. Mm-hmm. You know, like why are you going to kill yourself and then you're right. going to be exhausted and your nervous system's going to be shot, you know? So think about yourself like, if you were caring for a kid, if you're caring someone outside of yourself, like you wouldn't be a taskmaster to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like you would be more like, you know, easy on them probably. Right. What are some easy, not easy, but like simple things that you can do, maybe five, ten minutes yeah. that you can take out of your day to <coughs> maybe jumpstart your system a little bit? Maybe you've been kind of in a little bit of a rut, you haven't worked out in a while, Um, it's still January, so maybe there's a little bit of that kind of like holiday, you know, funk going on. I know, that lasts for months and months sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to get off track. It's easy to get off track. Totally, totally. So what are some ways you can just jumpstart your To jumpstart your system, you have to have a plan first and yeah. foremost. And I'm not big into New Year's resolutions. I do like more New Year's res- resolution, like things I want or goals, like, mm-hmm. or prayers or whatever. Um, but just write down the person that you want to be and then take small steps in order to get to that person, right? So if you want to mm-hmm. be like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 70s or whatever, mm-hmm. then you got to start at the beginning. You got to start somewhere. You know, and I see a lot of times people just go all in like, all right, you know, holidays are over. I'm going to go in there and, I, and they end up hurting themselves and then they, they get injured yeah. and they get injured and then they, they don't continue. So I think starting slow, accepting where you're at and then building upon that. So if you're 
wanting to try a new movement or something you saw on YouTube or whatever, try it without weight. Try it with a very light weight. And then if you get the mechanics right, if you feel comfortable in your body, then you can start adding weight. So start slow and then progress. Have a plan. Make sure you know, um, have an idea or like an image of what you're going after. Um, and then make small steps to becoming that person or that image. I think you, I think it. And stay it, hydrated. Yeah. Yeah, stay hydrated. But the, but that kind of process, I think it yeah. happens more than once in your life. I think, of course. I think, I think that's a process that yeah. you might have to revisit yeah. every so often because, of yeah. I mean, unless you're some kind of professional athlete and you're yeah. always on top of your game, which even they're not. Yeah. Um, they have people doing it for them. You know, life, life happens. You Coaching get them. an injury happens and you got to restart from the injury. Let's talk about stretching a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause stretching, stretching seems like a good way to start the day or end the day. Like yeah. how, how do you approach stretch, stretching? Definitely stretch. Okay. You should stretch, set some time aside to stretch. Um, you know, I can tell you in my life personally, I've, I've been stretching after my workouts for like 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes for the past like six months now. Cause I'll stretch here and there, but like making it like part of the end of my workout helps my heart rate to come down, helps me to like relax after my workout and recenter. And I'll tell you, and I told someone in my class this morning, my balance is so much better, you know, and I feel like it's, it's like not really an effort anymore. So you want to stretch, especially your large muscle groups, your glutes, your quads, your hamstrings, and your adductors are very important to stretch. Um, and you can hit those in, in different kinds of stretches and different in angles and things like that. And maybe we'll do like a like a little sample video for you guys in the future, but. We, we have it on our YouTube channel. We do have some stretching oh, videos. Yeah, yeah, we have a morning stretch that Jackie so did. Go, and so go check that out, a, si a sitting stretch, yeah. you know, while you're at your desk or something and you just want to. Yeah. I get I get uncomfortable sitting at sitting at my desk. Yeah, it'd be weird long, if you didn't so, get uncomfortable. So you just got to do something whether you can, yeah. you know. Uh, you're not a robot. Sitting, We're not robots. Sit, no. Got to move. Got to move. Um, but yeah, you want to stretch when your muscles are warm. Um, so you can warm up for five minutes or so. I mean, obviously if you're sitting at your desk and you do like a chest stretch or something, you don't have mm -hmm. to warm up, but this is talking about like, if you want to do some deep stretches, um, make sure you warm up, um, and, um, just try to hold the stretch. You don't want to just stretch for five seconds and then move on. So we have muscle spindles and Golgi tendon organs within our muscles. Um, and they sense, um, the stretch and they can be like antagonists or inhib inhibit the, the stretch. Um, within the muscle. So the muscle spindles are inside the muscle fibers and they sense the stretch and then they tell the muscle to contract. And so the Golgi tendon organ is in the tendon of the muscle and that one helps it to relax. So it's inhibitory. So if you're just holding that stretch and you're just like holding it and then you're done, you're not giving your body time to send the signal because it sends the signal to your nervous system through your spinal cord and sends it back to the muscle. So you want to make sure you stretch for at least 30 seconds each each stretch. You can hold it for at least one minute. I'm not saying you have to hold it for five minutes. You know, we don't want to create laxity in the muscles, but you want to hold it for enough time. And I think that's something that people don't normally do. Um, and then um, try to hit all the major muscle groups, like I said before, hold it long enough. Um, and then most guys don't stretch. You know, most mm -hmm. guys neglect that part of their fitness. And it, it really is part of the growth and development of muscles because you have fascia on top of your muscles. It's like if you've ever made a chicken and there's like that kind of film on top of the, the muscle um, and you kind of pull that off. So we have that on top of our muscles and it has like a lot of uh, our circulation goes through that. There's like 
um, it helps kind of, you know, pack the muscle in or whatever. So um, by stretching, we're also stretching the fascia. So you'll see a lot of people when they get older, they have, they walk very rigidly and they're, they're very tight. It's not just the muscle, it could be the fascia. So you want to make sure you're getting that blood flow um, to the muscles um, and it will also help elongate your muscles. Like as you're working out, you want to have like long lean muscles, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's up to you. It's, it's up to you to, to take on that part of your fitness routine. So it's not just like going really hard doing your cardio or your strength training. It's like, you know, making sure the stretching gets in there too. And you shouldn't feel excruciating pain. You should never feel like, gosh, I can't hold this. If it feels like that, you need to come back a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like if you're stretching your hamstrings, especially bring it back to a comfortable level of pain and then give the muscle time to relax. Let that signal come back to the muscle, then hold it. And then you'll start to feel like the muscle relax, then you can move on. Um, so kind of getting a routine with that. Um, we that, do. What's that feeling when you're work, doing an exercise and like the body starts shaking? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Um, like an isometric holds or something like that. I, like in I, I get it when I, like, yeah, you, I think I've experienced it before when doing yoga. If you're holding a pose and you start shaking. Yeah. I mean, it could be just the muscle fatigue, you know. We muscle have like, fatigue? Okay. you know, a certain uh, threshold everyone has depending on what you're training for. So you know, have people come in and they're like, well, I can't do that. Or, you know, they kind of get down because they're not good at something. And it's hard to start anything new. We're going to be good at what we're used to doing. Mm -hmm. We talked about that earlier. Like if you're used to doing something, you're going to be good at it. If mm -hmm. you're not used to doing it, don't be surprised if you're not good at it. But if, you're, if you want to do anything well, you have to be willing to do it bad first. Mm -hmm. And if you do it bad first, fine, keep going forward. I'm not, not talking about injuring yourself. I'm not talking about like, being overzealous in the gym and doing things you shouldn't do. I'm talking about like, sometimes it is lifting five pounds. Sometimes mm -hmm. it is like going through your PT exercises until you can get full range of motion within a joint, you know, and being willing to do that until you can start adding the weight, um, you know, and that's functional training. Uh, but again, you know, having the exercise physiologist is what we are here. Um, and the people that are knowledgeable that, and when you go home, you know, look for people that have knowledge in the human body um, and that care about your well-being. Like if someone's telling you to do something or to stretch harder or to do something you shouldn't be doing, that's not really someone you need to be working with. You need to work with people that care about you and that look at you as an individual and, mm. you know, want to see you progress, not just get the uh, the immediate result or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between yoga and stretching? Like, are they because yoga you hold the pose a little bit longer, right? right? And the stretch is. You said how long do you hold the stretch again? Fifteen seconds. You can seconds? hold it for. 20 seconds, 20 seconds is what we hold here after the classes, but you can hold it for 30 seconds up to one minute. Um, and you can stretch between sets. So mm -hmm. like if you're doing any strength training, um, you can stretch between your sets too, mm -hmm. um, to kind of help with um, the relaxation of the muscles. There's also like Pilates. Pilates seems to be a little bit like kind of like a yoga. Pilates is cool. And we just got the Pilates reformers because A, it's fun. <laughs> B, it's relatively safe and most people can do it. And C, you know, it's stretching the muscles as you're strengthening the muscles. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, um, so you are getting a stretch. There are certain positions we do with feet and straps that you can really get a good stretch. But as far as yoga too, I mean, people get really great benefits from yoga. The isometric holds sometimes if people have hypermobility, which means that, you know, they have laxity in their joints. 
they're just there's just certain people that have hypermobility and it's not necessarily a bad thing so if you've ever seen people in like Cirque du Soleil or whatever and they're like bending their feet all the way behind them like oh yeah that's hypermobility mm-hmm. to the max right so a lot of times these people they stretch too much and they won't feel sore until the next day and then the next day they'll be like oh my gosh I feel like I got run over by a car because they they overdid it and they didn't have that Golgi tendon um, reflex to be able to let them know like mm. you shouldn't be stretching past this point. There's so much more involved in that, um, but I think there could be benefits to yoga. I mean, if you wanna, if that's something you wanna take on, and then Pilates. I'm I'm more of a fan of Pilates. I feel like mm-hmm. you know you're getting your stretch and your strength in at the same time, so it's two for one. Yeah. And most people can do it, and you can probably do it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And you want to think about things that you can consistently do. A lot that's of people. A good point. People are like running marathons and they're like doing different things, but you know, a lot of people can't keep that up for the rest of their life and then they get down. And so I wanted to mention earlier, something I tell people about all the time is um, the trans-theoretical model. It's in, within behavioral science and psychology, but like it's a, it's a circle. So you can look it up and there'll be a picture when you look it up on Google or whatever. And it goes through the stages of change. So there's the preparation, uh, contemplation stages, there's different stages. So that's, people go through these um, stages and then they get to the termination phase. So say you're preparing for a wedding, okay, you go to the wedding, you you look great in the wedding, and then afterwards it's like, okay, back to the business as usual, going out to eat, not exercising, and they fly off the wheel, right? And so getting back on, you know, the wheel and like, okay, I'm contemplating it, and I'm, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, you know, the psychologist can go through that, but the trans-theoretical model I found to be very helpful in my life because you want to get to the maintenance zone. And once you get to right. the maintenance zone, then it's the perseverance in maintaining what you've achieved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, get off. We all can because, you know, having fun and the appeal in life, it's like doing things that are bad or getting drunk or eating really salty or really, you'll see people getting like really excited about doing bad things. And it's like, mm-hmm you're really hurting your body. And it's like, why are we getting so excited about things that are gonna have these negative consequences as opposed to like, I'm going to the gym or, you know, like just getting excited about things that are promoting health, that are promoting like the physique that you want. So not to trail off too much, but um, the transurotical model I think is important too. Is is there any real science behind the idea of, what I talked about earlier was, if I don't go to the gym, Uh I get stressed. Yeah. Like that is there is there science behind that? So it's like maybe I'm in the maintenance phase. Yeah. And it's like now the maintenance phase is causing me stress. <laughs> well, why don't you think about it differently? If you don't go to the gym, you feel like you're something is because anxiety isn't necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. So there's distress and there's use stress. So if you're getting anxiety about something that's good, so if I have to wake up to go to work tomorrow mm-hmm. and I'm getting anxiety about going to work, is that bad? Mm-hmm. No. It it keeps me on the ball. We have a certain like our emotions get misconstrued and used for the wrong reason. So people want to numb their anxiety down when we actually need some level of anxiety. It gives us that sense of urgency. It keeps us focused in life, mm-hmm. right? So if we numb the anxiety with pills and alcohol or whatever, like it's it's not going to be good. So instead of saying you get stressed, like you're having antici- you're anticipating and you want your body's like I need to work out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. That's that's what I need to do. So I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if your workout is wrong for you, like people are pushing themselves to do CrossFit or like something maybe that's not suited for them. And again, that goes back to holistic health. So some people enjoy dancing. They don't enjoy gyms. You know, it's a very individual thing. I would ask them why they don't like a gym. But 
finding something that you enjoy doing and being able to be flexible with that too is important. And exercise physiologists, we're like nerds about exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're really the type of people that are like obsessed with not just like, you know, exercising, but just the, the things that go on behind the scenes or whatever, like why, the whys or whatever. But it was always like a part of my life. But yeah, so um, finding out what is a healthy thing that can comfort you, I think can be very valuable in life, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and then we're just so conditioned to all the chemicals and, you know, caffeine and things like that. It just gives us like a boost and you get, a, we get addicted to it and it causes anxiety that is unmanageable. And that's, you know, you don't, you have to be able to manage your emotions and your desires and not just go along with what the world is telling us we need to have because the world's like, here's this commercial, you need this, you need this. And it's always there. Like, here's this billboard, Here, here's that. And it's like uncomfortable to talk about because I feel like you know, people just kind of want to stay in the matrix at some point, you know, it's like, because it's numbing sometimes and it feels good. But then you have like these realizations of like, I'm not happy here. Like, this is not what I want for my life, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you break out of it. and You're like, well, what do I want? I want to travel. I want to feel healthy in my body. I want to, you know, just have positive emotions every single day. Because if you're in a negative environment and you're trying to achieve this health that you want, but so it's something in your life that may be causing the ill health, like you're not going to get very far, you know, it could be bad influences. It could be just like um, other things that are not being addressed. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Other avenues. And sometimes it's hard to see those things about ourselves. You know, we all have faults we don't want to look at. And um, I think one of the bravest things you can do is just like really look at yourself who you are. And if you need to write it down, write it down. And then, you know, ask for help if you need it. You know, <laughs> you need help, ask for it and, um, you know, try to get to the person that you really are and who you're really meant to be in this life because mm. everyone has a purpose and everyone has like, a, uh, like, you know, what am I trying to say? <laughs> like I, a, like yeah. a purpose and mission in their life. They have things to do. Like you got to get up and do those things. Yeah. And how can you do those things if yeah. you're just kind of like in a coma in the matrix, like not. Yeah. You know, I think it goes I back to surrounding extreme, yourself with positive people. Yes. That's one of the things that people don't realize when they come here is like yeah. the power of just well, like. Positive people can be people that want to go out and get drunk with you. Yeah. Like, oh, they're so positive. They love to party. Right. It's like that's what we see as positive as opposed to someone who has self-control. Mm -hmm. Someone who's going to look at you in the eye and like have a real conversation with you and tell you like, you know, what's up for real. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's not positive. But really, it is positive because that's what's going to get you where you want to go in life, mm -hmm. as opposed to just coasting by. Can we have fun? Can we party? I'm not saying that you can't enjoy life, but there's a time for everything. Yeah. You know, the healthy should overrule the not healthy. And, you know, it's a self-discipline. Thank you for listening to the Healthier Everyday podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about the Pritikin Longevity Center and how the physician-led team of wellness professionals have been helping people for almost 50 years, visit Pritikin.com. That's P-R-I-T-I-K-I-N.com.